Welcome back to Teaching the Unteachables, where we dive into methods for teaching and learning for professionals like you. Want to learn more about Hampton Engineering? Visit Hampton.com. We're spending a little bit of time with our good friend, Keith Avery from Hampton Engineering. Keith, tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry because it'll really segue in today's topic about understanding your program and understanding yourself and having better tools for promoting yourself and selling yourself in the industry. Well, most of y'all know that I work for Hamden Engineering. We're an equipment manufacturer. That's but right. Long story, started off as a, a welder, worked my way into the sales field through BOC, British Oxygen. Sure. And it was two 20-year careers landed me here with these folks. And it wasn't long after I landed here with these folks that I figured out the HVAC world is is pretty much everything there is to do in technical education. And I, and I would say that it is truly a great honor for you to have me here today. Absolutely it is. We're sure thankful for that. <laughs> so if anyone hasn't met Keith, um, you're going to learn a little bit about Keith and why we enjoy Keith so much and the things that he brings to our industry. You know, Keith is really good at understanding the product that you are as an individual and the product that you have to offer if it's something that you're selling. Better yet, how to present yourself. So today's topic is really going to be focusing on understanding your program, understanding your content, your delivery, and how to present it not only to your administration, but to your local environment, the people that are looking at your program. One thing really happened in our industry in the last few years that has shaped the persona of our industry. We keep talking a little bit about the persona of HVAC and that stigma of, you know, HVACs being like that dirty job. That it's like one of those, those shop classes that you go to when you can't do well in all of the other curriculums in school. And we're going to define that here in a minute. We're going to break that stigma. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, it's not sexy, but we'll break that statement. Uh, it can be. That, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, are, yeah, there are. So here's what we're talking about. So if we go back to, you know, those, those awkward years in um, 2020, 2021, 2022, as the world was being affected by COVID, one thing happened in our industry that a lot of people don't pay attention to, and it's very important when we look at the programs that we offer. The United States Department of Homeland Security declared that HVAC was an essential critical infrastructure workforce, right? So what that says, and this is exactly out of that, says that workers distributing, servicing, repairing, installing residential and commercial HVAC systems, building transportation equipment, boilers, furnaces, and other heating, cooling, refrigeration, and ventilation equipment, are essential critical infrastructure workforce. That in itself places us into a very important role in our world, right? Let's talk a little bit about how that can benefit our program. When we look at our role, one of those 17 jobs in our industry, that places us in a unique place as educators to be able to start looking at our own programs, understanding our value, the value that we add to our school, to the administration, and to our community. And so uh, I think, Clifton, I think yeah. that's a 
you I think you just hit a very strong chord there. Sure. The the value of these programs, uh, they have been so underestimated for so long. So like long. you said, when when you look at it as a shop class, people people I don't think understood how important air quality, air movement was until COVID hit. And then all of a sudden they're stuck in houses or they're stuck in buildings and they're paying real close attention to filtration and and air movement. Like I said, I think that value thing is is key. Mm -hmm. Understanding the value that these programs bring, bring to the school and bring to the community. Yeah, because if you don't understand the value, how can you promote the content that is actually there? And if you don't know the demand for what is needed from us, how do we know how to plan our programs for the future? I've told this story before. I was in Washington, D.C. at a uh, Department of Energy seminar, and there was some undersecretary of energy up there. And it was an HVAC conference. Uh, They had all kinds of HVAC contractors and people into this and this undersecretary stood up there in the front of these people, and he, he said, and, and, and it almost knocked me off my chair, that over 75% of all the energy created in this country, 75% of everything produced goes to the heating and cooling industry. There you go. And I was in the back of the room, and I was getting ready to raise my hand and call bull <laughs> when the guy I was with put my hand down and then he went on to explain that doesn't matter what individual industry you look at. We as a nation are either heating something up or cooling something down. Such a good analogy. And where most industries, um, and this was about conservation and saving energy. Yeah. Where most industries look at a two, or a 3% gain in energy efficiency, that's a home run. Yeah. Well, consistently, the HVAC industry is making leaps like 7, 10, 15, 20% more efficient than it was a year ago. That's huge. That's huge for the energy industry because anything more they don't have to produce they can offload. It's cheaper to offload existing energy Absolutely. than it is to produce new energy to fill that hole. Yep. So the more efficient you get, the better it is for, for the economy and for the energy industry. Even a lot of technicians, young students going into the programs, parents of students that are looking at HVAC as a potential career, don't understand the vast amount of opportunity we have. A lot of people look at HVAC like that residential HVAC technician that everyone sees because that's all that they know. It's the only person they've ever seen. You know, they've not seen that informational technology. They've not seen that refrigeration technician that is in the background working on all of the refrigeration systems that's cooling the heat sinks of all of our transistors from all of our database. You know, they don't see all of the refrigeration air conditioning technicians that are working on ventilation systems at our water transfer stations. That was one of the big ones that I used to work on. All of our water transfer stations have huge dehumidification systems that are critical for all of the motors, pumps, pump controls, electrical wiring inside because we have all of that cold water running through massive pipes at high velocities means they sweat like crazy. So it's a refrigeration HVAC technician that's working on those. We look at all of our commercial facilities. If we don't have air conditioning, you're not gonna work in those facilities, right? So many different things that we can dive into. Any others we wanna hop on while we're here? And, and, And just as an aside, yeah. 
being the geek that I am, when I got back to my hotel room, I kind of Googled and played around. Yep. And his 75% quote was wrong. It was over 80. No kidding. So well, technically think about how the world's changed. Over 80% of that energy. I may have gone down now with electric cars, but even those, <laughs> you got motors that you got to cool off. Yeah, that's exactly right. All of these vaccines had to be transported well below zero or they would go bad. So they had to come up with a refrigerated system to move these from point A to point B, as well as maintain them when they're there. Which was fairly I mean, new, it wasn't just, it? It isn't Mike, just Mike break Red? them out and put them on the shelf. Yeah. I know, you know, we had a lot of cold climate transferable operations for doing that, but not in the scale that we needed when we started talking about mass vaccination. Nobody nobody was prepared for the for the for what happened or the no. scale when you when you shut down an entire economy like that and then and then with essential workers you you've got to stay and maintain this, you've got to stay and maintain that. Anybody who's ever spent time in one knows that they give you ice to chew on. Sure, there's refrigeration. Every hospital in this country, every floor, every ward has an ice machine on it. Exactly. They don't fix themselves. They don't take care of themselves. Stuff that you don't see all happening in the background. And, it, and it's been relatively silent and, and benign. And nobody, nobody pays attention to it until something goes wrong. Exactly. Vocational programs don't look at themselves as STEM programs. That's exactly why we're doing this. One of the, the really neat things I get to do because of my job is I travel. I travel all over the country. I see good programs. I see bad programs. I see spectacular programs. I also see the rest of the programs that are going on in those schools, whether it's automated manufacturing or whether it's a quote unquote STEM program. And never has, have I seen a STEM program incorporate itself into the HVAC world. Exactly. One, one of the things I learned, because I, I deal with engineering departments as well. We sell equipment on, on a wide scale. I, I tend to look, me, I tend to look at and I tend to put forward the fact that the, the HVAC industry is kind of the mechanical engineering of the skilled trades. Absolutely it is. It incorporates a vast wealth of knowledge. It, it's electrical, it's chemical, it's it's mathematics. It is it is truly a STEM program from start to finish, but it's never been sold that way. No one who, who participates in it ever goes up to administration and said, come down, I want to show you just how STEMmy we are. We're here to help you understand what you are actually doing. I, I think it takes people like us, not to blow our own horn here, but it takes people like us to get these educators off their perch. They've become so comfortable with doing the same thing over Complacent. and over again. Yes, we and, do. And when they look at what's going on, all they're concerned with is their numbers. If they can keep 15 kids in class, they can keep their job. They don't necessarily need to spend a whole lot of time learning a bunch of other stuff. It's numbers, numbers, numbers. And like I said, they're comfortable up there on that perch. We kind of need to knock them off that perch every once in a while and say, hey, look, 
world's changing. Times are changing. So we've taken the time to do science, to change our technology. So what are we going to be looking at going forward? Well, we've already seen a lot. You know, I've seen a lot of programs that aren't even teaching, you know, variable capacity compressors and inverter technologies and or don't even know exactly how like things like scroll and rotary compressors work. And so our technology is moving at a pace much faster than it has in the past. So many of us now need to prepare for new technology and to be able to get the technology into our classrooms. So let's talk about some ways that we can do that. They've been teaching electronics or electrical forever. Electrical, right. Um, the, the industry is fast moving to electronics. Exactly. Smaller, more efficient components. They're, they're going to have to make that jump, like you said, with inverters and MOSFETs. And, and it's, it's no longer just a simple ACDC theory, you know, no. uh, switch open, switch close. That's, That's right. still going to be there. That legacy yep. stuff. Legacy is equipment gonna is still going to be around. They're going to need to update their programs. And, and yeah. there's, there's only so many ways you can do that. They're going to need to find manufacturers, equipment manufacturers that are willing to step up to the plate, maybe send their engineers in to teach a class or to train the trainers, so to speak. Exactly. I'm not a big fan of donating equipment, as you can see. <laughs> but but that that's also that's also part of it if, if these manufacturers can can drop a, a newer component on them whether it's a scroll compressor or an inverter and say hey look six or seven years ago um i went to the ahr show at the mccormick place in in, in chicago yep. and there was one little row and they were they were it was the korean island yeah that, that had was new the technology only, that was the only place you saw mini splits <laughs> now that's all you're seeing. That's is, it. Is minis and and VRVs and VRSs. You know, so so all of it is is changing, and you're going to need. They're going to need to stay in touch with manufacturers. They're going to need exactly. to stay in touch with people like you, Howard. People like me, who can put them in touch with the people that they need to be talking to. And that's really what we're here for. And Clifton, you and I talked a while ago. In in my world, everything is sales, and and the faster you understand that the easier things are going to become. And it really is, you know, when a baby figures out that they can get what they want by smiling, they employ that smile. That's a sales skill. There are, oh man, this goes back to a conversation I had in a, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, in a really bad Chinese restaurant one night. Uh, we were sitting around the table. this actually. <laughs> We were sitting around the table after uh, for a UA event, a UA training mm -hmm. event, and I was sitting there with the with with some of Esco's trainers and judges, and we were talking. And somebody said to me, "Well, you know how to talk to these guys. We don't know how to talk to them." And and that's when it hit me that they don't look at themselves as salespeople. Wow. When you yeah. when you change the way you look at yourself and how you approach what it is that you want to get. All of that comes into play. Communication skills, collaboration, verbiage, how you approach, when you approach. Make sure you know what it is that you're asking for. Be concise. You know, they, they're not looking for a PhD dissertation. They want to know what the problem is. They want to know that you have the solution and they want to know that they can be the key. It's a feather in their cap. Sure, absolutely. Make this work. It now becomes bigger than the program itself. Many of us were technicians before we became educators. Yeah. And it fascinates me that you could sell a $20,000 HVAC system, but you can't get a $500 meter for your own program. Yeah. From a guy 
that more often than not has absolutely no technical knowledge whatsoever. He's an academician, and he's probably exactly. spent his whole life in academia. There are some administrators that have worked their way up. They're usually running some of the best programs that the un- largest that, that yeah. understand that the skilled trades are what keeps this the, this country moving forward. But a lot of these administrators are just that. They're administrators. They're, sure. they're PhDs. They're making business decisions. They've gone to administrative college and and that's what they do. Their job is to raise money and put out fires. Yes. So like I said, at a, at a 30,000 foot level, when you fly over Ohio, you look down, you see all these little farms. Well, all those little farms belong to me, but wait a minute. There's smoke coming out of that one over there. You know, so you you need to find a way to get their attention, get them to you, have them take ownership of your program. Big part of that is 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 how you talk with them. This this isn't my advisory. These you know he's not one of my advisors. He's an you know he's an industrial partner. These are the guys that are telling us what we need to do. Exactly. When I talk to schools that are looking to hire instructors that are starting new programs, and I will tell you this. Lately, there are, there are more and more high schools that are putting basic HVAC programs or HVAC prep programs Very big back trend. online to, yes. to, to slate these kids to go into the technical colleges. But right. the, the guys that teach these programs, the instructors, when I'm talking to an administrator or a principal and, and we're talking about who they're hiring and the, the bottom line is whoever you hire, they've got to be passionate about what they're doing. This can't, this isn't the kind of job you take just to take the job. You know, if if you want this program to flourish, this guy has really got to be passionate about HVAC from top to bottom. And, and, and if he is, then that pro he's going to, he's going to move heaven and earth to make sure that that program succeeds. Keith, is there any email contact information that you care to share with people while we're here? My personal email it's my first initial and last name. That's K-A-V-E-R-Y at Hampton.com. But sales at Hampton.com will get to me as well. That's the general office email. So, I mean, if you need to talk, you can call me there. If I'm not there, leave a number. I'll get back to you. I'm more than willing to talk and help anybody. Like I said, my if I can make your program better, it's going to make this industry better. It's all going to be better down the hill for everybody. Once again, it's been a hoot to hang out with you. And we really look forward to continuing these conversations. Lifton, thanks for having me.